God. Amen. If you open your Bibles, church, this morning, let's get into the word. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And um, you'll go with me in the book of Daniel. The title of my message is Daniel, the man who did not doubt God. Amen. Now I want to look, um, I'll read verse 3. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. And the word of the Lord reads, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. He says, the Bible says that he, Daniel distinguished himself from the rest because there was an excellent spirit in him. But notice that the Bible says that the king, there he is, he gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. One of the first things that got my attention when I was studying the chapter, this chapter 6, Daniel, when I, when I read the whole chapter, what got my attention right away was his name. When you read it, all you hear is the mentioning of his name. Daniel. And if I'm not, if I'm correct, I believe I read that it was written around 21 times just in chapter 6, the name of Daniel. Now there's something special about that. Daniel, which means God is my judge. God is my judge. And you will find in Daniel, his life, that there's nothing bad said about him. This is a man who lived for God. And we're going to see how this king, when you read the chapter, you're going to see that he was about to set up a whole kingdom. And there's certain different type of men. And Daniel is in the mix. Daniel, he's up there. And when you start reading, the other men 
who had some type of authority began to hate on Daniel. And they were trying to find something to accuse him of. And we're going to see that right now. But see, Daniel was just, I mean, he was just different. And I love, like I mentioned, it says in verse 3, let's look at verse 3. It says, then Daniel, this Daniel, this Daniel, distinguished himself. Number one, Daniel, that word distinguish means that when you look at it in the original, it says that he's as to become the chief. He was to be the preferred one. But when you go deeper in the word, the root meaning of that word, it means glitter. In other words, I mean, from far, from afar, Daniel, I mean, you could just see the glitter, the shine on him. He was distinguished. He was different. He wasn't just, you know, just like everybody. No, no, no. He was different. The Bible says that he distinguished himself. The Bible says in verse 3, above the rest of the governors. And we're going to see how is it that Daniel, even in his hardest moment, Daniel, I mean, he just was just different. And we're going to see how did that become. So number one, Daniel, he's distinguished. He's um, the preferred one. Remember um, when Saul, King Saul, right away, because, you know, he was tall, he was handsome, they chose him. But when it came to David, it was a little bit different. But imagine the combination of good looking, but at the same time to have the favor of God on your life. Amen? Have the favor of God on your life. Now, that's not to say that God won't use, you know, the ones that are not too good looking. Amen? God will use anyone, I mean, who gives himself to the Lord. But the Bible says, notice, this Daniel distinguished himself above all the governors and satraps. See, when I read something like this, it encourages me because... When you look at it, scripture like this, you can use it anywhere. Not only in church and ministry, but even in your workplace. Amen? You are a distinguished person. You are different. Amen? You're not like the rest. You are different. And the Bible says, because, why? Because there was an excellent spirit was in him. It doesn't say it came upon him. It says it was in him. The spirit of excellence. Amen? Not a spirit. Notice it doesn't say a spirit of mediocre. No. The Bible says that there was an excellent spirit in him. What does that mean? This means that he was preeminent. 
This was a man who was very superior. May God help us, church, that we be like a Daniel. Amen? That there be an excellent spirit in us. In us. But notice that it says, And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Now, when you think about this is that he, the king must have said, you know what? All of them are good, but this one, he's very good. Amen? There's an excellent spirit in him. He is different. He is distinguished. And I really believe, church, that when you serve God, when you walk with God, God's hand is upon you. God's favor is upon you. Amen? Because we serve the king. I mean, that's why, that's what I like about Daniel. Daniel, Daniel, he never, you know, um, took a step back. Daniel always kept moving forward. The harder it got, the more he trusted in God. Amen? The more the attack came, the more he surrendered to the Lord. So this man, Daniel, you know, there's something different about him that even the king thought, you know what? It says that he even had thought he was like thinking. You know, maybe he should be in charge of everything. Amen? Must have said, you know what? I'm thinking about putting him in charge. Now, look what the Bible says. Verse 4. So the governors and the satraps sought. Oh, these are the enemies. Sought to find some charge against who? Against Daniel. Concerning the kingdom. But they could not find no charge or fault. Notice what it says. It says, in him. In other words, when it says they couldn't find no charge in Daniel, there was no reason, there's no occasion. There wasn't no excuse to say, you know what? We found this in Daniel. So that they could go and tell the king, hey, King Darius, look, Daniel, he has fault in this, this. There was nothing. And not only does it say there was no charge, but it says also that there was, they couldn't find no what? No fault. In other words, there was no corruption in Daniel. There was nothing they could say that, you know, to ruin Daniel. There was just no fault in him. Now, you know, sometimes, because I've said it before, and it's a favorite line that a lot of people use, and sometimes I think we overuse it, and that's why I believe there's never a spirit of excellence, is that we always, people, because I've said it before, we say, well, nobody's perfect. We all have faults. But I really believe, I really believe that we, all of us can do better. Amen? All of us can be faithful. Because there is men and women of God who fear God. 
who are walking with God, who are doing the will of God. Not everybody's the same, but there, there is still men and women of God who walk with him. Amen? With a spirit of excellence to the point where you don't find no fault, you don't find no charge. Why? Because they're just walking with God. And as it says in the book of Esther, for such a time as this, is it true that times are getting harder? Yes. But there's only one thing we can do. That is to seek or go even deeper with God. This is not the time to take a break. This is not the time to relax. This is not the time to go backwards. No. The tougher, the harder it gets, the more we seek God. And the Bible says they could not find no charge or fault because, look what the Bible says, because he was what? He was faithful. Church, this morning, where are the faithful ones? Where are the ones that are faithful to God? They are faithful in their marriage. They are faithful in their ministry. They are faithful in their calling. Where are the faithful ones? Amen? There still is faithful ones. The Bible says they couldn't find no charge, no fault, because he was faithful. Hallelujah. It says in Romans chapter 8, I'll read it to you. Uh, Romans 8, verse 31 to 33. Look what the Bible says. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. But then look what he says. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. So these men said, okay, then, well, since we can't find nothing on Daniel, he's faithful, what do we do? And it says in verse 5 that these men, this is what they said. We shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So what did they do? They set up a plan where they went to the king and said, you know what, king? You got to do something. That for 30 days, no one can pray to nobody else. No other God nor nothing. And if they do get caught praying to um, another God, let's put him in the dens, the lion's den. And when you read the passage, the king, he went along with it. To the point to, to he, he even sealed it. He sealed the deal. Like saying, regardless, if he, whoever gets caught, we're going to put him in the lion's den. But when you read the passage, 
the king, he might have, he thought, like saying, what did I do? I mean, Daniel, he's different. And we're going to see right now what happens. But notice, go with me. I'm going to jump real quick to verse 10. So Daniel, the Bible says that when Daniel heard or knew that the writing was what? Was signed. It was sealed. You know what Daniel did? Daniel didn't say like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm in trouble. I'm going to quit the ministry. I'm going to leave. This is, I mean, this is too much. This is hard. You know, I'm just going to go home and whatever. The Bible does say that Daniel, when he heard or when he knew that the writing was, was signed, the Bible does say that he went what? He went home. But he didn't go home to go watch Netflix and popcorn and no. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees, not one time, the Bible says three times that day, and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since his early days. Now let's break it down. Number one. When it's getting harder. When it's getting tougher. This is not the time to back down church. This is the time to do something about it. But don't do it on your own strength or my own strength. No. Let God do it. Let God fix it. Not you or me. No. Let God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. Look what the Bible says. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, the weapons of our war, are not carnal. They're not carnal. These are not our weapons ourselves. Me, myself, and I, these are not our weapons. It says, but mighty in God. Our weapons, church, listen, they are in God. His weapons are powerful. His weapons are mighty. His weapons never fail. His weapons hit the target. Amen. And the Bible says, mighty in God for pulling down what? Strongholds. So Daniel, he did something about it. But he didn't try to fix it on his own. He didn't say, you know what, I'm going to go lay out every one of them. No, no, no. Amen. Remember, Daniel, <laughs> he's in the spirit. He took it to the Lord. 
He knew that God can handle it better than he can. Because how many know that God is wiser than we are? Amen. Our thoughts are different to his thoughts. Amen. And the Bible says that Daniel, he went to the upper room. Now, you got you to, gotta, I want you to get this when I was studying this. In the times of Daniel, the upper room, these were the roof chambers, what they call. And they would use them in the summer for one thing. Guess what? To sleep. Now, Daniel didn't go to sleep. He went to war. He went to prayer. He took it to the Lord. I mean, he could have said, you know what? This is where they sleep, but nah. He says, this is where I'm going to pray. I'm taking it to the Lord. Now, when I was reading this, and, and it gets my attention, because the Bible says that he did it, what? Three times a day. And the Bible says that he opened his window towards where? Jerusalem. Now, this is where, when I was studying, it got my attention because at that time, Jerusalem, hear me out, Jerusalem was the place where God dwelt. But in those times, Jerusalem was destroyed. There was no sacrifices going on in Jerusalem. So when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, you know what? Daniel, he's acting on faith. Even though he opens up the windows and he looks towards Jerusalem, I mean, it is taken down. Nothing is happening, but he has faith and he's believing God because, remember church, that might have been burned down, destroyed, but not our God. Amen? Our God is not dead. Our God is alive. It might have not been the best environment to pray, the place where they slept, looking towards Jerusalem, where there is no sacrifices, the city is destroyed. He prayed and he believed God. That's why I named it Daniel, the man who believed God. This is not the time right now, church, to sleep. Amen? Don't, don't sleep. Hear me, church. Don't sleep on your spiritual life. Don't sleep on your calling. Don't sleep on your ministry. Don't sleep on your marriage. This is not the time to sleep. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 40 and 41, this is the time when Jesus went to pray at the Garden of Gethsemane. I was going to say it in Spanish. I mean, he's loaded with the big burden on his life. Jesus. And it says, then he came 
to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Stay up on your prayer, church. The temptation is real. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Daniel was in the place where they slept, but he wasn't sleeping. He was praying, believing God to do something about his situation. He knelt down on his knees, the Bible says. Let, let me say this, church. I know you can pray standing. You can pray sitting down. You can pray walking. You can pray in your vehicle. You can pray in your kitchen. But there's times, church, I mean, there's just something about where you just got to get on your knees. Amen? Where you just know that the Holy Spirit is telling you, get on your knees and seek me. The tradition of the Jews was that they prayed three times a day, the morning and the evening, and they would do sacrifice at noon, which they also prayed. But Daniel, even though he's not there in Jerusalem, The city is destroyed. He still honored God and he honored prayer. I don't know if you caught that. He's not, I'm going to put it, he's not at the church. He's praying. He just found himself a place. And he began to pray. He honored God and he honored the time of prayer. I love Psalms 121, verse 1 and 2, the New Living Translation. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? He says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let me tell you something, church. Your only help comes from the Lord. He's our help, the Lord, who made heaven and earth. That's the help that Daniel got from the Lord. That's why I'm convinced that that's the reason why Daniel was different, because he was a man of prayer. He had an excellent spirit in him. He was distinguished because the hand of God was on him. He was what? He was close 
to God. Hear me, church. He wasn't far from God. He was very close to God. Like the Bible says of Enoch, Enoch was a man who walked with God. I mean, Enoch was so close to God that God took him with them. See, when you get close to God, God takes you with you. You'll get it later. And what did he do? The Bible says that three times he prayed. Not only did he pray, but the Bible says he prayed and gave thanks before his God. I mean, think about it. He knows hey, these guys are hating on me. They, they want to finish with me. They want to take my position. And he gave thanks before his God. Church, it's biblical to pray. It's biblical. It's in the word of God. It's in the Bible. Hear me, church. I'm not talking about one thing is to talk about prayer. You read books on prayer. I read books on prayer. But it's another thing when you practice prayer. Amen? Oh, um, I got 50 books on prayer. No, the question is, are you praying right now? Are you praying? Anybody can talk about prayer. I can preach about prayer. But the question is, am I praying? 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul, he said this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, he said, he said this. Pray without ceasing. In everything, then he says, in everything, give what? Give thanks. Give thanks. Daniel, he was what? He was praying without ceasing. And as he was doing, as the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. See, church, we don't pray just when everything is well. We pray at all times. And then when I read this scripture, it got my attention. Because when I read, I study, I'm looking at every word. I'm looking at what they're saying, the time and everything. And it says, as was his custom since early days. What does that mean, that just as Daniel was praying as a little boy, because by this time, hear me, church, hear me, this is very important. By this time, it is believed that Daniel is around 80 years old. And the man is still praying. I'll ask you a question. How's your prayer life? Have you stopped praying? Now that the 21 days are over, are you still praying? Are you still flowing? The Bible says, as was his what? His custom. Now, this is a very good custom. Prayer. Since his early days, Daniel still had, at the age of 80, 80-something, 80 a prayer life. Church, you can have everything. 
can have the talent, you can have the gifts, you can, whatever you want to call it, but don't ever, ever lose your prayer life. The great revivalist Leonard Ravenhill, man of God, wrote a lot of books on prayer. He said, no man is greater than his prayer life. He would say the pastor, but we could, we could put in Christian. He would say the pastor who is not praying is playing. The pulpit can be a shop window to display one's talents. But the prayer closet allows no showing off. It's just you and God. Nobody's watching you. Here you could, you know, say, I can say, look good. The gifts, everything. But no, but your prayer life, it's just you and God. And let me say this, church. You can see right away a man or a woman of God who prays. One of the first indicators, or one of them, it's one of, I'm not going to say one of the first, but one of the indicators, they're here in prayer. Don't shut me down. That one's a freebie. And the Bible says, that these men assembled and found Daniel. Here, here's the thing. So Daniel, what the Bible says about Daniel, not only, notice that they're, they're saying about Daniel. But not only are they saying about Daniel, they saw it with their eyes. Because the Bible says these men assembled and the Bible says and found. They found who? They found Daniel praying and making supplication before his. Notice it says his God. It doesn't say a God or who. It says his God. See, that's how you're distinguished. See, not, not anybody can say my God. The apostle upon the New Testament, he would always say, my God shall supply. When you're walking deep with God, I mean, you're, you have so much faith. That you dare to say, my God lives and reigns forever. My God, there is no one like him. So they said the only way we can get him, it says, we go to the king and tell the king, hey, king, um, we haven't found nothing on him, but we did. This is what all we found is that he's praying to the living God. And you said, you signed it. Anyone being caught within those 30 days, they're going to the lion's den. And the king, the king, he said, you know what? It's the truth. No backing down. But the Bible says, see, hear me, church. You don't know how powerful prayer is. Not only does prayer, hear me, 
Prayer always changes you and me. It always changes us. Prayer all the time. It changes us. Again, Daniel was distinguished. Daniel was different. There was a spirit of excellence in him. He's a man of prayer. He practiced prayer. Everything he took it to the Lord. And this is what prayer does too. The Bible says that when the king heard these words, what was going to happen to Daniel, the Bible says he was greatly displeased within himself. I believe that that happened because of Daniel praying. Notice he didn't go to the king. He didn't go to the king and say, king, you know me, I'm different. I'm always at church. I'm, I'm in prayer. I do this. No, he, he didn't say that. He didn't do that. Daniel just what? His faith was in God only. See, that's faith, church. He didn't, he didn't try to do little cuttings, shortcuts. I, I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Faith is that you believe God, God can do it. Amen? It would have been different if he would have said, you know what? Um, whoa, I have, God's given me favor with the king. I'll just go have a meeting with the king and say, king, you know, what's going on? What's up? You know, you know me, look, I'm different. I do this, this, and that. He didn't do that. That's the easy way, church. It's like when, come on, here it goes. Anyone, but I'm going to say it. It, it, it. It's like, say, I'm going to give to the Lord right now because anyways, tomorrow I'm getting paid. Those five bucks I'm going to give, I'll, I'll get them tomorrow. No. Give it. Faith is when you know you ain't got no money, but your faith is in God that the right thing to do is to obey God and give, and God takes care of it. Come on, church. Give the Lord a clap offering. But he didn't do that. So God, I believe God dealt with the king, and the Bible says he was greatly displeased within himself and set his heart. Look what the Bible says. The king set his heart on Daniel to what? To deliver him. Now remember, he had already what? He had already signed the deal. And he labored. He did. He worked all day until down of the sun to deliver. In other words, I mean, I, I, I could just imagine that. I mean, there was a heaviness in him, like saying, you know what? This is not right. I got to do something about it. I'm going to do everything I can as a king. Look at verse 15. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, king, that this is the law of the Medes and the Persians, that no decree or statute which the king established may be changed. Look what they're telling them. Hey, remember, it's, it's a done deal. And the king had to do what he had to honor what he had said. But look what the Bible says. Give me five more minutes. Look what the Bible says. So the king gave the command, 
And they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of the lions. But look what the king does. <laughs> look what he says in verse 16. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, your God. Like saying, Daniel, I know that the God that you serve, he, he does wonders. He does miracles. I've I seen it. He says, your God, whom you, what? Serve, church. Don't stop serving God. And not only don't stop serving God, but it says, whom you serve, what? Continually. Don't stop, church. Don't stop serving God. Continue serving Jesus. Don't stop. Church, if I can give you an advice, a counsel, as a pastor, don't stop serving Jesus. Don't stop serving God. Don't stop. I'll throw a little rap on. Don't stop. Keep going. Continue. Whom you serve continually. You know what that word means? Continually means that you're enduring. No matter what, whatever comes your way, you are enduring. You and I are not stopping. It means permanent. Hear me out, church, what I'm saying. Be permanent. It means constantly. You have to be constant. And it also means reside, to dwell. In other words, you, 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 this is, you come to the point where you say, you know what? Regardless, it don't matter. This is where I dwell. In God's ways. This is where I live. This is my habitation. Serving God is my thing. Serving God is my thing. This is what I, you know, we're already in church. Amen? And you know and I know that God's been so good. Better than Egypt. Better than the world. Amen. Egypt is no good. The world is no good. But in God's presence, in God's presence, there is much, there is a lot of joy. He says, <laughs> the king tells him, the God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Notice... <laughs> He's not even a believer, and he's prophesying over Daniel. He says, your God, he's going to deliver you. And as you read, he signed it. The stone that was brought, that they laid on the mouth of the den, the king sealed it. Now, notice, the king, the Bible says that he couldn't go to sleep. Amen? He couldn't go to sleep. He's just thinking. But what did he do? He went to the den and he cried out. Notice, even, even uh, this is what I like about the Bible. The Bible says that he what? He cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. He was lamenting. And he says, the king spoke saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, 
Has your God whom you serve continually, there it is again, been able to deliver you from the lions? And look what Daniel says. He's just calm. Daniel, see, when you're walking with God, you're in calm, you're in peace. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. In other words, you have a, a clear mind. You're thinking right. Because worry or anxiety is not beating you. And this is what Daniel says. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him and also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. God sent his angel. The angel of the Lord, church, encamps around those who fear him. And delivers them. Oh, and then he says, all taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. It's not hard, church. Just trust God. Give it to the Lord. Take it to prayer and watch God what he does. Daniel, the man who believed God. Please stand, church, this morning. Thank you for joining us for today's message at New Generation Church. For more information, visit us at ecngchurch.com.